the NFL Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by My Hot Room and also the SGP and free, uh, free Roll Football Contest. Join our free season-long pick with a chance to win $3,000 and a Super Bowl autograph SGP helmet. Sign up at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash contest. We're also brought to you by the Game Time app. Snack tickets without stress. Use promo code SGPN on your first deposit. Oh, well, no, I'm sorry. Use promo code SGPN on your first purchase. Save $20. $20 off your first purchase on the Game Time app. Use promo code SGPN. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Play Underdog Pick'em in college or NFL and win 20 times in one game. That's 20 times the amount you put in in one game. Use promo code SGPN at Underdog Fantasy for 100% deposit bonus up to $100. We're also brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Download that now. Use code SGP. New customers can score $200 in bonus bets instantly when they just bet $5 on any NFL game. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Code SGP. And finally, we're brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting research platform for parlays, player props, game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com. Use code SGPA to get 50% off your first month and start making smarter bets today. I'm just about that action, boss. NFL Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. No me, no the voice, no guys. Me, really real, villain, real, Terrell Furman Jr. here at your service. Tell them to bring me my money. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. Here comes the money. And I am here in NFL Week 1 to break down. Look, we have the afternoon games. This is everything after the 1 o'clock Eastern slate, the 9 a.m. slate. Now we get into the afternoon games. We have Sunday night football as well. And I got my co-host with me, Scott Studio. Right, Shell Scott, what's going on? Scotty, beat me up. Twice. doing well looking forward to the week one slate it starts in a couple hours so looking forward to it should be fun but we're not talking about that game because we already did a reminder that if you do want some last second picks on the thursday night game we covered it a couple days ago and some dfs stuff so we already have you covered there but yeah we got a lot of games to talk about because this is the week one afternoon game special i know last year i i covered it as well and it was a lot of fun so let's do it and hopefully we'll make a lot of money in the afternoon slate yeah, absolutely. I'm looking, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. We're talking about Sunday football. What gets better than Sunday football, especially during week one? And make sure if you haven't already, go check out the morning game slate. 
with uh who was it i think it was j mark and mac i think those are the two that had the morning games something like that make sure you go check out the morning game slate on the nfl gambling podcast if you're not already subscribed to the nfl gambling podcast wherever we get you podcasts and on youtube at youtube.com slash nfl gambling podcast sgpn nfl on twitter look here i mean i don't even know i don't even fathom how to encompass how excited i am to talk new york giants football hey this is this homemade necklace is a thousand times better than sean's untamed rare breed whatever whatever freaking necklace he's got on over there in vegas talking about the philadelphia eagles this is way better than it we've got giants football going on in the slate unfortunately it is a primetime game but scott I, I don't I, I want to get right into it. I want to start talking about the games. I want to start talking about some bets. And so here we have the first game up on the afternoon slate. It is the Green Bay Packers traveling to Chicago to play the Chicago Bears. Aaron Rodgers own the Bears. Do the Packers keep that going? Line open minus two and a half Bears. It is now minus one Bears. 44 was the total is now total sitting at 42. Let's see here for an official injury report in the NFL because it is time of recording Thursday about 6 p.m. We still have one more practice in the week for the teams playing on Sunday. And it looks here thus far this week for the Green Bay Packers. Romeo Dubs uh, has been limited in practice. Christian Watson has not practiced at all. Both of them nursing hamstring injuries. So we haven't seen Christian Watson at all. Uh, it looks like Anthony Johnson Jr., the cornerback, he is a full participant in practice. Rashawn Gary, the linebacker, he is a, a limited participant in practice. And David Bakhtiari is all, did not practice as well. So a couple of banged up injuries there for the Packers, for the Bears. Eddie Jackson limited in practice. Demarcus Walker, defensive end, limited in practice. Dylan Cole, linebacker, did not practice. And Jaquan Brisker, the safety, was limited as well. So defensive injuries for the Chicago Bears here. I mean, this is a new era. This is the Jordan Love era. This is all Matt McFloor here. Yeah, the Bears play. might win a game. The Bears, a could, it, it very well could win a game. <sighs> I am a very I'm very big on Justin Fields. I think Justin Fields is very very talented at the quarterback position. I'm pretty sure there's something that like Zach Wilson has more wins than Justin Fields. He Justin does. Fields He's does not get wins. wins. He doesn't Justin Fields does not get wins. And I've been calling for this since the offseason. I don't I don't know what to expect from Jordan Love because we've seen him in one start, but we know what to expect from Justin Fields, and we're going to be entertained. He's going to give us splash plays. We're going to go back, and we're going to look at the highlights and say, dang, Justin Fields had a pretty solid game. But they're more than likely not going to win the game here. This game is a pick em. I'm not going on the side of the Bears here. I think that, that Green Bay Packers defense, which was so good last year, is going to be really good again this year. I think Zaire Alexander is going to give DJ Moore some problems. And if DJ Moore is not able to get open or get some separation, then 
I mean, this is the exact same Bears team as last year. Not going to be able to move the ball. Justin Fields is going to be trying to make it do with his legs, and he's going to try to keep them in games, and they're probably going to get exposed. I think that no Christian Watson, potentially, he hasn't practiced at all. Limited participant for Romeo Dubs. I, I think that between those two being out, you're probably going to see a lot more of Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, a lot more of the run game, which is actually the strength of this team. Give me a low-scoring game. Give me the Packers to get it done by three. I think this is like a seven, excuse me, a 17-14 game Packers. I like the Packers here in this spot. What about you? I find the line fascinating because it opened up at around two and a half. Now it's down to one, and Watson hasn't practiced. So the fact that Green Bay might be without one of its main offensive weapons and money's still coming in on Green Bay is pretty telling to me. I like Green Bay anyway. Uh, you said you're a fan of Fields. I am not. Uh, I do have the records in front of me, by the way. Zach Wilson in his career was 8-14. and 14. Justin Fields, 5-20. and 20. So that's the records there. Of course, it doesn't that's mean brutal. anything because it's a team sport. But I also had a... Justin Fields is more fun to watch, though. That's my only point. He is, is way true. more fun to watch. I had a tweet a couple of weeks ago, and I'm going to read it here for all of you. I said, quote, I'm convinced that Justin Fields only has supporters because rushing touchdowns are worth six points in fantasy football. That's my stance. I don't think he's any good. That's just where I stand. I don't think he's a good quarterback. I think he can run, but I think that's basically it. Now, you can make an argument the offensive line was bad last year. I'm not sure if it's going to be much better this year, but that's a separate story. They got DJ Moore. That's a weapon they need. That's the best weapon he's had. So I am aware, once again, that Fields didn't exactly have much to work with. But just watching him play, I don't think he has a great pocket presence, and I don't think he's a great thrower of the football. Very athletic. We know he can run, and we know the coaching staff really didn't trust him to make many decisions with his arm last year because they knew what he was. And I think, once again, he's going to take he's going to need to take some massive strides moving forward. Jordan Love is unproven, but from what I've seen in small doses, he's been fine. I think he's good enough to beat this, green, this uh, Chicago team because I do think that the Packers have a better overall roster than the Bears do. And Aaron's bringing it up. You can't have a pocket presence with no pocket. Like, I'm aware, once again, the Bears offensive line wasn't great. Shout out my guy, A. Scott. That's my my question is, though, do you think the Bears' offensive line is good now? Is it basically the same as last year? I don't think it's significantly better than last year. I don't. I don't think. I don't think it's significant. I think they made strides. You still have a rookie starting on the line, which is never, you know, always a good thing. Like, there's not many rookies that come into offensive line as an offensive lineman are really good from day one. So, I think that there's still going to be some struggles. I don't think that there's that much of a difference from last year to this year. I just think that again, DJ Moore gave him a really, really quick out. Like, that's a really, really quick out to have. And if I'm sitting here and telling you that uh, Zaire Alexander shouts to the news are going to strap him up. And then, I mean, I don't know where else he's going to go to football. It just feels like he's going to be running for his life again in this entire game, which is why I see a bunch of three and outs for this team. I think that Jordan Love, while he's still trying to figure out himself as a passer, probably going to have a bunch of punts over here. I think the under is absolutely the play to go in this one, and I'm all over the Packers. I'm going to just take the better run game and the better defense. For me, going into the year, I did pick Green Bay as my dark horse candidate to win this division, and I picked them to win the division. So I'm not going to pick them to lose to Chicago. Now you're looking at, once again, the Bears offensive line, which might have gotten a little bit better. But we talk about this all the time. If you're going to acquire skill position talent, but you still can't block, does it really matter? Not really. I just have too many questions if Chicago's offensive line can actually hold up 
against a pretty underrated defensive line for Green Bay. Now, the counterpoint is Green Bay was not very good against the run last year, which is what the Bears want to do. But I do think even though Rodgers was the main guy used to kill the Chicago team, I think Green Bay has enough in place to get the job done. I think people also think LaFleur is a really bad coach, which I think is a little bit unfair because Rodgers had a down year and they were going to blame LaFleur for whatever went bad anyway. Are we sure Eberflus can coach? I think he's fine in small doses, but I haven't seen enough. Do we think LaFleur is a better coach than Eberflus? Uh, I'm not going to, I can't, I mean, Eberflus only I think it's one, a discussion, but that's season. my, that's kind of my point. I have no proof that Eberflus yeah, is a one season with a coach. team that's not his. Like, no, that's I, my I point. Hate, yeah, like, that's, my point he's is, got, I don't he know. inherited that one. He's inherited my, that my one. My point I, is that usually you can take an inf- inferior roster if you think there's a significant advantage at head coach. They're just going to out-scheme the other guy. I've not seen enough from Eberflus to know if he's going to be that good. He might be. I haven't seen enough yet. So yeah, we're both on the Bay. we're both on the Packers here. I'm gonna take yeah. Green Bay in the under. You have a lower score than I do. I have like 23-17, something like that. Maybe low, low 40s or high 30s, but I see it going under. I just don't know how they're all, they're gonna move the ball at all. All right, before we get into we'll talk about player props in just a second, but well, we mm, we got a player prop show for that. Well, we'll still give out a player prop. Why not? Of course, we're we're DJs. But before we do that. Make sure you throw Green Bay Packers into your free roll football contest. $1,000 for first place, $500 for second place, unless you're a patron member. If you're a patron member, you're getting $2,000 in first place and $1,000 for second place. Plus, if you win as a patron member, you will get the autographed full-size Sports Gambling Podcast helmet, the same one that guys have on the show. It's got autographs like Joe Theismann, Bill Romanowski, Pat Man Jones, John Saley, Eric Metcalf, Garrett Blunt, all of them on there. Sign-up link is at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash contest. And sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash patron to get into our patron so you can double the prize your prize money. And we have a whole bunch of weekly prizes all season long. So make sure you get into that patron account, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. We're also brought to our DraftKings. Football is back. Football is here. We have the first game of the night going on. And guess what? You can bet $5 on any NFL game and get $200 instantly in bonus bets for all new customers Head over to DraftKings Sportsbook, download the app now, use code SGP. That will get you the $200 in bonus bets instantly for new customers. Just bet $5 on any NFL game, and you don't even got to wait for it to be over. They're going to give you $200 in bonus bets as soon as you make the bet. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. State-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. We're also brought to you by the Game Time app. Look here. This is exactly where I go. I wait till the last minute for all my tickets because I know I'm going to get the lowest price guaranteed with the Game Time app. Make sure you do the same. You can go to an NFL game. You can go to a NBA game, a WNBA game, anything sporting event that you can think of in the area, concerts, you can do comedy shows, all of this stuff through the game time app, browse through the area, your area, look to see what events you have coming up and look, download the game time app now, create an account, use code SGP for $20 off your first purchase. Again, create an account and redeem code SGPN for $20 off your first purchase. Download the game time app now. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Again, that is code SGPN for $20 off your first purchase. 
All right. I mean, we're talking player props. I just I, I want everything. Well, I, I want was gonna ask, do you want to do player props for each game or just do one type of like parlay at the end and we'll just throw in a couple that we like? Well, I, I think we can throw in one player prop we like in each game. All right, that's fine. Yeah, we can throw one in. And I, I, I'm on the rushing in this game. I think Justin? everything happens. Uh, I, I do like Justin. I do like Justin, but I'm going to go ahead and stick with the fact that I think that this is going to be a timeshare between A.J. Dillon and uh, Aaron, Jones. Aaron Jones. It always is. They paid Jones all that money, and he's still in the timeshare. I, I, I still don't get it. But whatever. Split backfield, I will take the person with the low, lower rushing yards. Give me A.J. Dillon over 41 and a half rushing yards. I think both of them have a presence. I think he also gets into the end zone as well. So give me an A.J. Dillon uh, anytime touchdown prop as well. I agree about the touchdown. I think that Jones has had a lot of success in the past against Chicago. So you're looking at what should be a pretty, I don't want to say straightforward matchup because the spread is one, but we've seen Green Bay kind of use the same blueprint over and over again in years past. And I just think that they're going to stick with it. Rodgers had good numbers against the Bears, but it's usually because they use the play action game well because the ground game gets going. And I do think that Jones should have a pretty big game here as well. I'm looking at Jones rushing, but I am trying to think of another kind of a sleeper prop. I think I am going to look at Green Bay's tight end situation because they ended up having okay. Tunyon, who is no longer with the team anymore. They drafted a very talented tight end in uh, one of the later rounds, and I think that he's a very solid option. I don't mind him going over because, once again, Green Bay, from what we've seen in years past, they do have pretty sneaky tight end production, and now they're relying on a pretty young guy to take over for the main tight end slot. I don't see a prop on him currently on DraftKings, but I would look for the over on him if you can find it. I think, once again, he's a solid player. All right. Let's get ready to move on. But I am going to go ahead and get this out of the way because we're brought to you by new sponsor of the show, Hall of Fame Bets. NFL season Hall of Fame Bets is a sports betting analytics platform for player props, parlays, game lines, whatever you need, whatever sport NFL, NBA, MLB, soccer, all of the historical data and everything you need is over there at Hall of Fame Bets. Enter any parlay, parlay idea you can think of, like whatever you can think of, just put it into Hall of Fame Bets. They are going to give you the probability for the entire parlay. They, they have a crazy parlay optimizer tool. It's really, really cool. Stop betting in the dark and join the over 30,000 users researching with Hall of Fame Bets. Download Hall of Fame Bets app right now. Or visit hofbets.com and use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month. Start researching, start winning with Hall of Fame Bets. We're also talking about Underdog Fantasy. Uh, best place to go play alongside your favorite football team, best ball. We have pick'em contests where we can we can put together a nice little pick'em at the end of the show. Underdog pick'em for the late game slate. And go in there if you you can win up to 20 times your money. Like, why would you not take that? You have that opportunity to win 20 times your money. You can go it in a single game, or you can do five by five. It doesn't matter. Like, you just got to go five for five. One game, multiple games, doesn't matter how you do it. Just go there, enter the contest, and win. So watch along, make your picks, and maybe you make a little cash with Underdog's mobile app or underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up with promo code SGPN, Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. It's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. All right, 
now let's make some headway down this late next game up we oh, have by the way, sorry just to be clear the tight end i was referring to was musgrave in case nobody pieced that together the new guy out of oregon state Philadelphia Eagles are traveling to Foxborough to play the New England Patriots. Eagles are laying, open up as four and a half point favorites. They are now solid minus four. 45 is the total in this one. That's come down half a point as well. Injury report here for the Philadelphia Eagles. And it looks like that is not them. There it is. Excuse me. Uh, a couple of corners, Josh Job. Full participant in practice, Mario Goodrich, limited participant in practice. We also have here Trent Brown, who is a limited participant in practice for the Patriots tackle. A Jack Jones corner did not participate. We have Devontae Parker, who is limited. Cole Strange is limited as well, the other guard. And Mike Onwayu, there we go. Mike Onwayu was a limited participant in practice as well. So, it's crazy. You wait all year for the first game of the season, and everybody has mile-long injury reports. All right. I mean, Belichick's catching four at home. Are, are you backing that? Are you backing the Eagles here on the road? There needs to be a discussion about Belichick uh, for the upcoming season or so because this line, can we agree, is solely based on Belichick's reputation at home. There's no Ooh, reason on I don't paper agree, these actually. teams are four points apart. I, I don't agree, actually. Really? You think on paper New England's actually closer to – okay, I want to hear your case. I'm, I mean, I think that – I think that I, I would probably be expecting more points, but I'm getting four, and I still like the four. Like, we're getting – you're getting a home dog in week one. Underdogs already are extremely profitable in week one. You're sitting here, and the Eagles have been the hottest toy – in the market, the hottest toy in the market after losing, excuse me, <clears throat> say that again, after losing the Super Bowl, where you have Super Bowl losers who are, you know, over the past few seasons really bagged in week one. I think that this is, you know, they talk about all the Georgia Cats coming into this defense and this defense is so good and all of that, this, that, and the third, blah, blah, blah. I'm a little, uh, I don't know. I think that. While this team is talented, you have new off- new coordinators on both sides of the ball that have to still figure it out with the same head coach. So same head coach, new coordinators, still got to figure that side of the ball out with defensively, making sure everybody's on the same page, first game of the season, same thing on the offensive end. Like, yes, talent-wise, should this be a larger spread? Absolutely. But – I think coaching wise, it makes it a little bit better just because I don't know what to expect from the new coordinators on the Eagles. I don't know if everybody's bought in on week one. I don't know if everybody's going to be on the same page. And it just feels like an ultimate spot where everybody's everybody's taking the Eagles. Everybody thinks the Eagles are going to walk in here and just dominate. And I'm and I like to be contrarian here. So I'm getting a home dog plus four week one. Why not? For me, I, I agree that everybody's on Philly. And this line looks like a classic trap line. Uh, it's probably going to, if the Patriots win, this is going to be the biggest parlay buster of the entire week, pretty much. No, right? the, the Eagles are going to blow so many survivor picks week one. If they lose this game, they're blowing a whole bunch of people's survivor picks. I was thinking one. of who would be the main survivor picks. I'm assuming it would be the Commanders and the Ravens would probably be the main two. Eagles are probably third, if I had to guess, based on yeah. spread. But... I, for me, I'm going to lean to Philly. 
I know once again, I I acknowledge how weird this line is and how it's basically daring you to take Philly. I don't think New England's good. I think they're a last place team. I, I did the AFC East breakdown with Dylan during the offseason. This team doesn't do anything for me. Defensively, this team's good. We know the defense is good year in, year out, but you're looking at Philly, and they were there was one area this team was very good at defensively. Didn't show it in the Super Bowl, but still, they were very good at getting after the quarterback. And the problem the Patriots have right now, they have a couple of injured offensive linemen, which I think is going to be a serious problem for this particular matchup. Not to mention the fact that I'm not saying Devontae Parker is good. They paid him a lot of money, which I don't think they should have, but he got paid. Juju was an acquisition during the offseason, and they both have injuries. They're both probably going to play in week one, but I don't like New England's offense at all. I don't think Mac Jones is that good. I know they got Bill O'Brien, so that's a step up for coordinator perspective because they were using Patricia last year, which is still one of the dumbest offensive coordinator hires I've ever seen. But Belichick has this reputation, once again, of being able to find ways to win games. And the issue I have is New England this year can only win games one way because they can't score. They have to win low-scoring games, and I don't think they can score. But I think when you're looking at Philly, they still have a lot of weapons. I know Miles Sanders left. Kind of funny in hindsight he made a Pro Bowl, but he had a good year. The point is, I think when you're looking at this offense, Jalen Hurts is still very good. You still have A.J. Brown. You still have Devontae Smith. still have Goddard. You have a lot of weapons and a very good offensive line. I'm going to take Philly. I don't want to say Belichick's been exposed ever since Brady left, but I've been quite underwhelmed by New England in general ever since Brady left. I'm going to take Philly. I just think they're the much better team. But I understand your points. The line does look dangerously short, trap line shortish, but I'm going to pick Philly by seven. I think New England hangs around. Wait, no way. No way you just flamed New England like that and back Philly, and then you you only gave them seven? Yeah, I'm going to give them seven. New England on the money line. This is this is the I said seven. What? I'll acknowledge the short. Seth, you you just you you just no you just really back Philly and re- like you you had to come that hard to say that it's double. Di- you didn't even give him ten. You didn't even give him ten. You're not. You're not sold on Philly. I think weird things will happen, but not enough to get New England the win. You're not sold on Philly. New England. I, I, I am not. New England. Sold on I think the that line. is a that is a great teaser piece. I think that bringing New England up to ten, great teaser. Gonna, Look, you can, you can roast, you know, teams. how I just painted a picture of Philly winning by 20 and I picked them to win by seven. Seven! By seven! Last, last time I checked, seven's more than four. So that's good enough. You're, it all spends the whatever, same if they cover whatever. the four. So. You're not you're not serious on on Philly. You're not going to be I am not going to lay a heavy, heavy wager on Philly because I do think this line is very weird, but I just don't trust New England. Give me New England plus 10. That is a great teaser. Yeah, we so both could win. That's fine right. with me. No, we're not going to both win because I have they win by seven. Then they cover more. the teaser and the spread. No, so no, we're, we're not. I'm not just. Win, I'm not just. <laughs> we're fine. <laughs> I do. Uh, I am going to the under in this game, though. Sharp I, I think shot. This very funny. High. You're wrong about that teaser. That that's a long teaser, isn't it? I'm hitting two king numbers. Yeah, I think that's a long teaser. Or do I have to be four and a half? I'm trying then... to remember if long teasers you could tease up, or if those had to be down below a field goal. I don't like, know. Was I never teasing above seven, like numbers above seven down to below three. Was that a Wong teaser? I, I'm trying to remember I, the exact I, I don't know. rules. Of I never knew teaser. the rules. I just, I just act like I knew the, the rules. The most I important thing about teasers never cross zero. That's like Teaser. the official rule. 
Besides that, figure it out on your own. But I'm pretty sure the Caesars Wong teaser is a favorite down. Caesars aren't fun. We we win straight up brown here, or we I, take I our like teasers pick straight up brown here because they're fun. But when you lose a teaser, fun. you feel twice as bad because they you got handed extra points and you still and you them. still lost. Yeah, that's you so you feel lost. worse when you lose those. But all right, uh, player prop is easy. Ramondre Stevenson over rushing yards. This is how they're going to win the game. Ground and pound, play good defense, and I'm not taking Zeke. But Ramondre Stevenson, uh, actually, what's his rushing and receiving? I kind of want both. Well, he was a good receiving back last year. I know. I kind of want both. Um, I'm going to ask you, though, who would be the third down pass back for this team? Because Elliott's a great blocker. Do you think Stevenson would be the third down guy? It's probably Stevenson until he blows an assignment and then Belichick says, all right, give it to somebody else because you blew it. Stevenson kind of over 18 and a half. With, because both guys, I think Elliott's washed at this point in his career, but you can argue the skill set wise, I think Stevenson's better right now. He's shiftier, but you can make an argument both guys could be useful on third down. So I'm actually not sure who the third down back would even be. Zeke's getting an end zone. They're winning the game. Zeke getting in the end zone. Wow. Zeke's getting in the end zone and they're winning the game. Give me Zeke. A Zeke touchdown plus Patriots to win at plus 534. There we go. That I think I'm just going to seem... take Mac Jones' interception and call it a day. Minus 140? Sure. I'll, I'll take the interception. They could still right. win, but I expect Mac Jones to make at least one bad throw when under pressure in this game. All right. I know they could still win because I'm on them to win. We have, the Los... <laughs> we have the Los Angeles Rams going to play the Seattle Seahawks. Seahawks open up as a minus 5.5 point favorite. They are minus 4.5. 46 and a half is the total here. Injury report for these two teams. And we have for the this is another divisional game, by the way. Uh, we have for the where's the Rams at? Oh, there they are. Uh, Stetson Bennett's not gonna play. Stetson Bennett did not participate in practice. Cooper Cup didn't participate in practice because he's not playing. Hunter Long tight end. He didn't participate in practice either. It's about it for the Rams. For the Seahawks, Jamal Adams isn't playing in this game either. He didn't participate in practice. You have limited for Daryl Taylor and Dedrick Hall or Derek Hall. We have, oh, and Mike Morris. We have a did not participate for Kenny McIntosh, Cody Thompson. No, he's Cody Thompson's a full participant. We have, oh, yeah, no, McIntosh, only other person that didn't participate. And we have a full participant for JSN, Jackson Smith, and Jigma, and Devin Witherspoon was a limited as well. So, I think early on in the offseason when I was looking at this, I was all over the Seahawks. And I have just, I I think I've been addicted here. I think I'm I think I'm on the Rams, actually. And it's not just because of the line movement going the opposite direction, which I love, by the way. But I I don't know. I think that there's too much like when it gets into the injury, like why Cooper Cup's out and now this line's gone down. That part I do find weird. Like that just it, it just screams it that that's really honestly that's the end of my handicap. Cooper Cup is out and the line went down. That, that that's the end of my handicap. I don't have anything else to say. Like there's really no other there. I don't know how I could ever feel comfortable about taking Seahawks minus four and a half here and Cooper Cup was announced out and the line went down. I think uh, the Rams are going to be bad <laughs> this year. 
I, I do want to ask you, how many games into the season before Setson Bennett fantasizes about his ninth year in college with Georgia? How many losses do they need? Because uh, well, they're going to be bad. They're going to be a bad team. Stetson Bennett is not touching the field, so he's I'm saying, probably... how many games does he have to sit on the sideline and lose before he fantasizes about Georgia winning its I don't know. That check isn't that check isn't making me fantasize anything about college at all. Get Just NIL get, the money. Getting paid. You know? Nah, he's get. I think he's making more than that NIL money. Yo. I don't yeah. know about that. <laughs> I don't know because he's still getting all his endorsements that he was getting. Plus, he's getting an that's, NFL that's a that's a fair point. Okay, I, fair I, point. I think that he's he's made out pretty well here. I'm Seattle's I, such a tough place to play though. But it's it, it hasn't mattered in the past. <laughs> it hasn't mattered in the past. They gave them two good two good games last year with what Baker Mayfield at quarterback. Now, uh, well, they won the miracle game against the Raiders on Thursday night football. Was it the only no, but game? I'm ta- they won? But I'm talking about against the Seahawks. They gave the Seahawks two good games last year. Two. The Seahawks could not move about football. This Seahawks offense that everybody was talking about. This Seahawks offense that everybody was talking about that was oh so good, oh so great, did not move the ball against this Rams team. And I mean, you have Sean McVay who owns Pete Carroll in the early part of their little rivalry. I just it screams everybody loves. I think this is another one that blows survivors up. Honestly, I think the I picked the Seahawks in a pick'em league that I had earlier this week, and, and I'm actually really, I'm actually really, really, really regretting it. Like really, really regretting it because I think that the Rams are going to come in here ready to play. It's because it's an entire offseason. Everybody talking nothing, just talking about nothing. And talking about how bad this Rams team are, and yes, I don't think the Rams are going to be that good either. But Matthew Stafford is still a gunslinging quarterback. He's going to put he's going to push the ball downfield. Doesn't matter who's over there, and as long as these receivers are somewhat talented to just get open downfield, they're going to be in the game. Okay, so I want to touch upon that last point. You said receivers that are somewhat talented. Can you just list off the receivers you actually like on this Rams team? Uh, Van Jefferson. We got Tutu Atwell, Speedy guy. Are you actually a fan of Atwell? Because I don't think he's done a damn. Yeah, thing I mean he's a, he's a, I mean he's a fast guy. That I, I don't he's need. He's a fast guy that weighs about hundred. I don't need. Pounds. I don't so need him to be out here and be the next coming of a Devontae Adams or anything like that. I just need somebody that's going to take the top off the defense. All I need is one play. Literally, all I need is one play, and he can go and be a really big impact on this game. So yeah, I think he's a good a good receiver for this game. Like I don't think that we need the highest level of talent to make this a close game versus the Seahawks here. I'm, I'm taking the Rams. Plus I, I can understand when you said, you know, a big play here and there. I think Atwell is just not a good receiver, and I think the Rams regret drafting him in the first place. But to go through the actual depth chart for the Rams receivers, you have Cup who's not going to play. I like Van Jefferson. I think Van Jefferson's solid. You have Demarcus Robinson, who Chiefs fans hated and Ravens fans hated last year. You have Tutu Atwell, who occasionally made a catch, but he's more of a gadget player because he's about 130 pounds. Uh, you have uh, Nakua, who's relatively unknown. I think he's decent, at least from what I saw in college. And you have Skoranek. I think Skoranek's okay, but they don't really have many weapons. Like, they just don't really have much. And the Seahawks, from what I remember, were able to move the ball. The issue was they were letting the Rams go downfield. But Stafford's back. That's a massive boost to the quarterback position. You also said he's a gunslinger. I have seen 27 to three. I, I have turnover concerns with Stafford in this game. I think Stafford's going to make a couple of dumb decisions. So I'm taking Seattle. I think the Rams are going to be bad. And the crazy part you got to keep in mind here, the Rams actually own their first round draft pick this year. They actually own their own pick. I, I wonder if there might be some tanking down the road for this team, but 
I think the Rams are going to be bad. I'll, I'll take Seattle. They covered this number in both games. That's the point I was making when I was talking about the games last year. They covered this number in both games last year, yet this Rams team was supposedly so bad last year. Like, they still covered were this number in both of the games. Were they that bad the first time, though? The first meeting? The second meeting, they were awful, and that game was embarrassing, and the Seahawks let them in it. They were 3-9 and nine at second meeting, and it's still 27-23. What was the first like, meeting, though? That was pretty early in the season, wasn't it? Yeah, it was like 19. It was like 19. But I'm saying, was Stafford okay. healthy for that game, or was he already injured? I, I don't know. I don't remember. Okay. Well, the, the point is, the Rams defense, I've been calling Jalen Ramsey overrated for a year and change, but he's not there anymore. The Rams secondary's got questions. The receiving core's got questions. I just don't like this Rams team. I think the Seahawks, on paper, are a pretty popular pick to win the division. Uh, I'm not sure if they're going to. I would still Stafford was out both games. This was The first game was in December 27-23. 20, and second game was uh, in January, last game of the season, 1916. Okay. I'm I'll... pretty sure the Seahawks are playing to get into the playoffs at that point, too. So you're playing for a playoff spot against a team that has nothing to play for, and you want – this is I'm, – I'm just going to leave This is borderline Seattle. lock material. If, if Cup is... was playing, I would take the Rams' money line. I think Cup is actually worth that much because I really don't like the rest of the receiving core. The drop-off is so massive from a healthy Cooper Cup to Van Jefferson being your number one receiver and arguably 2-2 at well as your number two. I can't trust that receiving core. I just can't Everything you said makes sense, but the line went down. I, this is a lock. Rams plus four and a half. Okay. This is a lock. We'll see what happens when we do the week twos. But yeah, I'll lean, I'll lean to Seattle here at home. All right. Uh, a player prop. Um. I'm just going back to Stafford interception, right? I, I think I, I'm, I'm on the Russian props today, man. Give me Acres. I think Acres six to two and a half. He's going to run up and down here on the defense, and give and make things easier for Matthew Stafford. We haven't talked about Cam Acres all offseason. He's still a good back. Will he fumble? That's always the question mark with Acres. We know he's talented. Yeah, I like him in Florida State, but he can't stop fumbling the ball. I think that's what maybe that's and that's how the Rams win. The, See, Seahawks, I think it was last year. They were really good with takeaways. Real, I think it was really good with takeaways last year. That they, they don't get the takeaways this way, and this and this is how the Rams end up winning the game. I see four at some books too. This is a lot. I'm on the right side of this. All right, you got a you got a prop? Did you have anything? My prop would be Stafford interception again. Oh, okay. As, as we all know that I've made a lot of money on this show for the last couple of years, taking Stafford interceptions. And that was the saddest part of him getting injured. I couldn't bet it anymore. Now he's back. And his number one receiver is Van Jefferson. I'll take the interception. Yeah, I just think there's a lot of opportunity where the Rams potentially play catch up. They're going to have to throw the ball 50 times. But I think Stafford makes at least one questionable throw that gets picked off. Yeah. This, he's he's definitely a guy that's not afraid to throw an interception. I like those guys, though. I do. We call them a gunslinger. They can still win the game. Yeah. Stafford's going to Yeah, they're not afraid. That was Eli. Eli was never afraid to throw a pick. He was never afraid to throw a pick. That's why they won a bunch of playoff games, because Eli would still make the dangerous throws, but he just wouldn't throw interceptions in the playoff games. Greatest playoff quarterback of all time. All right. Next game of slate, we have the Las Vegas Raiders going Maybe to play York, the Denver at, Broncos. At, that's, that's a separate story. Greatest playoff. They had a couple of bad one. I had one game to win. De- Martian death beam. Martian's got the death beam planted on Earth. One game to win. Get, who do I want? Eli Manning. If the Martians had Tom Brady as their quarterback, I'd agree with you. But unfortunately, I don't think they're going to have Brady as their quarterback. So for playoffs, it would probably either be Brady or Montana. 
if I had to pick no. one. I, I can't go against the record. Chalk. I just can't do it. I think Rodgers and just like his Seahawks pick conference title game. And just like his Seahawks pick, Scott Studio Reichel's writing chalk on this episode of the NFL Giants Gambling fans Podcast. love to mention the Super Bowl runs, but they ignore the one and done games where Eli was terrible and it they was lost. One, two, two. There was only two. You got to think about no, it. Though. Three. Yeah, that's what I thought. You keep increasing numbers there. All right. No, and Randall but, Cobb held and, and, and one of them was half. his rookie year. I don't think Eli was that. And one good. of them was Rick was his rookie year. I pick Mahomes, by the way, if I had to pick any quarterback, because he's the best quarterback of all time. So I take Mahomes. Yes, I take he Mahomes. is the best quarterback of all time, but. I, I get it. You love Eli Manning. I, I'm just saying. There's been a couple greatest, of really bad Eli games that nobody talks about. Greatest, greatest playoff quarterback of all time. Mahomes lost a Super Bowl. Eli has never lost a Super Bowl. Like I was saying before I was interrupted, Las Vegas Raiders are traveling to the Denver Broncos. Uh, Broncos open up as a four-point favorite. They're actually down to minus three and a half. <laughs> 44 is the total in this one. Injury report here for Sean Payton and his bunch. And it looks I gotta like. I got to get used to hearing that. Sean Payton and the Broncos. I got to get used to hearing that. Limited participant for Jerry Judy and Riley Moss, Chris Manhurst, and uh, Greg DeLuch. Both tight ends, full participants in practice. For the Raiders, DeAndre Carter. It, I didn't even know he was still in the league. Uh, limited participant in practice, Chandler Jones did not participate in practice. That's pretty big. And Brandon uh, Faison, I think that's how you pronounce it. He it did not participate in practice as well. I mean, I just, if there's ever a game that you don't have to bet, like if there's a game that you don't have to bet at all, you do not have to bet this game at all. I, I mean, as somebody who watched the Broncos in preseason because they bet on the Cardinals, shout out to the Cardinals for getting that plus 285 money line. <laughs> Russ looks Russell really bad. bad. Russ he looks really bad. like it's like it's really bad. And I try not to sit here and say that I'm going to overthink about preseason. And I literally had this conversation when I was thinking about it with Sean, because I was like, how the heck do we back the Broncos in week one? Because Russ looks really, really freaking mad. This Vegas team is oh my gosh. Well, we we did the division preview during the offseason, and we said these teams are gonna be bad, but we did think the Raiders finishing ahead of the Broncos was actually a reasonable outcome because we think the Broncos will be bad. Yes. I, I, I like think the when we did the, I think when we did the math, it didn't work out because the Raiders. The problem was the Raiders was. like first like eight or nine games were brutally difficult, and we thought that they yeah. would just struggle out of the game. And the Broncos start seasons really good. Like they in start the head really to head though. I, I like the points here. I don't mind Raiders money line. I'm not laying three and a half with Russell Wilson. The point is, we know you're not supposed to overact to preseason. I care more about star players or veteran players playing poorly in preseason than young guys playing well. Because you're against second and third stringers. If Wilson can't move the ball against the Cardinals' backups for an entire half, I'm not going to have faith in him to suddenly turn around his career. I think he's kind of washed at this point. I'll take the Raiders. I think getting three and a half in a game between two really bad teams is pretty intriguing to me. Give me Raiders' money line. Let's have some fun here. I think the Raiders can get it done. I see a very close, ugly game. And if that's the case, I'll take the points. <sighs> the under is just a lot for me. 
I like the under two because Garoppolo is not going to try to make many big throws down the field. So I, I see a pretty ugly game in general. But if we agree on a low-scoring, ugly game, that means yeah, every individual point is worth more because there's going to be less scores. So I'll take the three and a half. Yeah, I guess I'll take three and a half too. All right, Raiders plus three and a half. That was disgusting. But the whole game's the disgusting. Broncos are, Russ sucks. Russ is not good. Russ is not good. The man. game's like, disgusting, but if you want an underdog that I actually am tempted by, I like Raiders money line. Because Russell Wilson laying points is a dangerous spot when we saw what he was in preseason. He did not look better. I'll tell you that much. He looked like the same guy. I'm not laying points with that quarterback. I'll take Garoppolo and my chances. And they're talking about a split between Williams and P. Ryan to start the season. Like, if Williams is good to go and he's healthy and you feel like he can play, just roll him out there and does let him keep going. Does a split mean a third down roll, or does a split mean actually splitting down the middle? Nah, I think it's going to be like they have like whole drives, and you're going to see P. Ryan out there for a whole drive, and it's probably going to throw some Javante Williams better for a freaking loop. That's uh, a start of the year, too, because Williams off a torn ACL. So it's probably just a start of the year. But Piran, I like, is a third down option, not as a first and second down guy. All um, right. Raiders plus three and a half. 44. Yep. Scott's on the money line. I am not betting this game. but It's going to be hideous. Guess, but since it'll be one possession late, I'll take I'll take the money line. I guess I'll co-sign his money line. Uh, <laughs> we watch Wilson play. I'm not laying three and a half with Wilson. I actually like just take both teams to score defensive. Matter of fact, what is that parlay? Both teams that have a defensive score in this game. It's gonna be a lot. That's gonna that's the only way that this overhits is if both teams have a defensive touchdown. Let's see here. Uh before we get off this game, this is gonna be my prop, by the way. I'm not even digging into this for props. I'm just gonna let this let's see. I'll take the Max Crosby sack in this game. I'll throw that into as my prop. Uh, we know Wilson holds on to the ball too long anyway. 81 to one for both defenses to have a touchdown in this game. That's actually not impossible. Does that include special teams or is that only defense? That does not include special teams. Okay. So Soggy's mentioning that special teams included for Denver seven to one. So that's why I was asking. He's probably on DraftKings Sportsbook because DraftKings Sportsbook still gives you defense and special teams. I don't, I don't even here. know how many chances there are to score special teams touchdowns anymore besides a blocked punt, and that's basically blocked field goal. You don't get any punt returns, and you don't get any kickoff returns anymore. What? So when? Kind of Since when? Well, you get more touchbacks now. I'm saying your chances of getting one of those – in altitude oh. in Denver? Oh, I was about to say. I was about to say, when does that not count towards the special team? No, it does now? count. I'm just saying the oh. number per season has been dropping every year for the last couple of years. So You've almost threw me for a loop there. Uh, What? I can't parlay. Defensive scores. You have to go to the same game parlay and try to get it. But I did. You said 81 to 1, not including special teams. We'll stick with yeah, that. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking for freaking DraftKings. I can't do it on here. Oh, that sucks. It's kind of lame, actually. All right. Let's move things on here. We have the next game of the slate. Miami Dolphins traveling to Los Angeles to play the Los Angeles Chargers in what will potentially be a Dolphins home game. We'll see. Every game's a home game if you're traveling to the Chargers stadium. It's pretty. That's actually like really depressing. Nobody and goes. Uh, three line open at three is back at three here. 51 is the total injury report for these two teams and for the – holy crap. (laughs) 
All right, let's see what the practice status of all these players are. We have full participant in practice. Center Connor Williams, Jalen Waddle, Brandon Jones, the safety, Liam Eichenberg, the tackle, Raquan Davis, defensive tackle, full participant in practice, uh, Salvin Ahmed. Hey, I like him. He's not going to get any burned, but I like him. He he made me some money one year. Devin Achain as well, full participant in practice. Limited participants, we have Justin Bethel, the corner, and Julian Hill, the tight end, and did not participate was safety Elijah Campbell. That is it for the Chargers. Chris Rump, the second, did not participate in practice linebacker, and Diane Henley, linebacker, did not participate as well. Okay. This is probably my least favorite game on the entire card because I have no idea what to expect in this game. Yeah, I'm just going with I think Brandon Staley sucks. Okay. And he's going to blow this. I'm almost positive that's how this comes. I'm almost positive this is going to be a great game. Potentially game of the day, not right there. Like, this is very close where people are like, oh, that's a really good game, but there was another game that was better. But Brandon Staley finds a way to blow this. I, I think that now Tua coming back, and while the defense is actually healthy for the Chargers, and it looks like everybody's suiting up, ready to go play, I think that it's just a lot on this Miami offense. Very concerned about offensive line play for the Dolphins. I will admit that much. But with Waddle and Tua and how quick those guys get off the line and how quick Tua can get the ball out to those guys, like it's not like they only do deep ball threats. Like they are not only deep ball targets. Those well, guys well, get off the clear, line. Well, just be clear, by the way, what was Waddle's status again? You mentioned him on the injury report. He was a full, he was a full participant. Full? Okay, it was, was full. Okay, full okay so that's not a big deal. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So Waddle – Short yardage, Hill short yardage. I think that's gonna that's both really, really good plays here. And I truly, truly think this is the beginning of the Brandon Staley, you know. Uh well, you, FML you think Kellen Moore's the Brandon the Staley FML tour. Here, yeah. yeah, I mean Kellen Moore's officially like the head coach, like he's officially the head coach already. They're just waiting for the shoe to drop, and I think the shoe drops early. <laughs> Give me the dolphins here. I like the Dolphins' offense. I really do. I think their offense is going to carry them. So give me the Dolphins. I think that is some type of 30 to I like the over. There's going to be a lot of 30 to 27. Yeah, 30 to 27 final score. The over is my favorite play. There's a couple questions I have with Miami. First of all, the secondary is going to be brutal because Jalen Ramsey's injured. So the main guy they acquired to help fix the secondary isn't there, and the secondary kind of sucked last year. So that's not a good combo when you're against these Chargers wide receivers, which could be a problem. The other issue that I have, I know once again, it's tough to fully read into preseason or these scrimmages that they have with other teams. Tua was pretty terrible during the entire like preseason time and the scrimmages. He was awful in joint practices, and that's a bit concerning to me. Having said that, this is the type of game the Chargers would find a way to lose. I am going to take the Dolphins plus three, but I'm at least acknowledging Tua really did not look good in the last couple months leading up to the start of the season. And I know Ramsey's injured, but I agree with you. I think this entire game comes down to a Staley fourth down decision. And I think he makes the wrong choice. I think McDaniels, no matter what you think about him as a quarter, as a coach, I think better than Staley by a pretty wide margin. And I think he'll have the Dolphins ready to go. 
I'll take Miami money line, but I will point out once again, Tua is the reason why I'm not locking this because he was really bad in the joint practices. And I am wondering once again about his health, but I do like the weapons with Waddle and with Hill. The secondary is a problem, but I really don't like the Chargers defense much either. So I'll lean Dolphins, but it's not lock territory for me. I like the over, though. Over is my favorite play. Yeah, I like the over, too. Mm, I'm not locking it either, but I think it, it, this is just a fade of Brendan Staley, honestly, truly. Like, this is yeah. this is really has nothing to do with game. I just think Brendan Staley's an idiot. And All do right. you agree about McDaniel, though? Do you think he's a solid coach? Uh, if Brendan Staley and Mike McDaniel had a cage match, I'm not 100% certain who would win. Okay. Can he wear his glasses or does he have to take them off for combat? Because I'm not sure. McDaniel I think he wears his glasses, but when he starts going and he starts getting his motions and he starts okay. going on his little run where he's dominating the match, it's like one point where he's like the rock and he takes his glasses off and he throws them into the crowd and then he starts beating the crap out of Brendan. Can oh, yeah. Mike McDaniel, Mike McDaniel wins the cage into match. the octagon or no? He, he takes some vape pits on the sidelines every now and then. Can he sneak that into the octagon or no? What octagon? No, that might be the source of his power. Octagon. He might take some vapes this is in between. A, this is a steel you know? cage match, a brutal steel cage match, unforgiving. I Mike McDaniel beats Brandon Staley in a steel. Cage I think match. He, I think that he would, but we'll see. Hell yeah! All right, I pay for that celebrity death match. Make it happen. All right, uh, player props. Uh... I like Tyree Kill over in yards. <laughs> I think Hill goes for 100 and we like give the me over waddle. points. We, give we me just... waddle over receptions. Okay. I like what that is too. that line? What is that? That can't be high enough. I'll tell you one prop I do like. I like two long I like both quarterbacks. Longest completion over. I see a bunch of deep throws in this game. Uh, let's see. Miami's deep, Miami secondary is compromised. The Dolphins have a ton of burners on the outside with Waddle and with Hill. I like longest completion. I see a lot of big plays in this game. Yeah, I think that's a good play. Um, do they not have? They might not have it out yet. Maybe that's why we don't do player props on this show because They're nobody a bunch of has haters. Any. They just don't want to. Give yeah, because nobody has any freaking props. Okay, so maybe we'll change that. Maybe we won't do player props anymore because they're really cheating. Like, all right, let me see here. Right, can I get a receptions? Waddle four and a half. That's what? So dis- that's so disrespectful. What? what I thought I was going to see though? a six and a half minus one fifty. But I thought I was going to see, like, why is Tyreek six and a half and Waddle's four and a half? That doesn't sound right. All right. I'll take that. I love Austin Eckler over receiving yards as well. I hope that Kellen Moore actually uses him more. I think he will. Longest completion, 37 and a half for Justin Fields, minus 120. 39 and a half for two, minus 115. Is it Fields? Yes. Herbert, sorry, okay. Herbert. Uh, I'm sorry, it says Justin. <laughs> uh, I was making sure you said Fields. I, I, I was making sure he said Fields that came out of nowhere. Yeah, all okay. right, Herbert, 37 and a half, minus 120, and two minus 115 for 39 and a half. Yeah, I like that. That, that Waddle's reception line is way too low at four and a half. That's crazy low. All right, Mike McDaniel's beating the shit out of Brandon Staley. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, Michael Dales is the kid in school that you just knew not to mess with because he could fight. He's the random kid with glasses that got picked on, but he's been secretly training like Brazilian Jiu Jitsu or Taekwondo after school. Yeah, and he yeah, beats up sure. he beats up the bull at the end of the movie. He does like some freaking. Uh, he does a crane the, kick and he beats the hell out of the whatever. 
Mike McDaniel probably could have played the guy from the original Karate Kid. I can see him being what Squints grew up to be from the Sandlot. Like Squints became Mike McDaniel. I can see that. <laughs> the Dallas Cowboys are going to play the New York football giants, the 13 and four ATS last year, New York football giants, the one of the best ATS teams in the entire NFL, New York football giants at home. They are laying minus three and a half here. 45 and a half is the total. Injury report here for these two teams. And we have for the Dallas Cowboys, Jordan Lewis, cornerback, full participant in practice. Limited participants in practice were Sam Williams, defensive end, and Tyron Smith, the tackle. Did not participate was Donovan Wilson, the safety, and Tyler Smith, the tackle. For the New York football giants, a bunch of limiteds in practice. Gary Brightwell, Cameron Brown, Lawrence Kager, DJ Davis, and Cordell Fly, Javarius Owens, and Wandell Robinson, all limited in practice. Oh, so one, I really, really hate how many times we play the Cowboys in week one. Really, really annoys me. Is it because the awesome. Giants never beat the Cowboys for the last like five years? I don't know what the streak is, but the Giants have been really bad against the Cowboys for the last couple of years. Last time that we beat the Cowboys was last game of the season, ironically the same time, Jalen Hurts' rookie year where they went and sat Jalen Hurts in a game against the Commanders. That, that they could have won, that they could have won, but they said that they need to see some Nate Sudfield, and they just tanked, and that was Doug Peterson's last game as the head coach. And that was the year Dak broke his foot, right? So Dak didn't play in that game? No, it was Cooper. Was it Cooper Rush? Rush? I actually don't know if it was Rush. I feel like it was somebody else, actually. But it might have been Rush. When the last time Dak lost to the Giants was, because I am curious. Uh, Dak uh, lost to the Giants in his two meetings in 2016. He's that was the only two, like literally the only two games. Well, no, they lost some more games. Then, but they, at, no, at that point, it was the only two games he lost. He lost yeah. games after that. At that point, those was the only that was the only team that beat Dak. I'm just saying, Dak right now is ten and zero in his last ten games against the Giants. Ten and two in yeah. his last twelve. The two were the first two. I'm saying yeah, he's ten and zero since. Yes, and he's ten and two in his last twelve. Yeah, correct. All right, just you know, I wanted the numbers to say what I wanted them to say. I mean, I know you're taking the you Giants. Taking, They're at home. Are you They're taking home the dog. Cowboys? It's a division game. Get it over with. You take the Giants already. Are you taking? Are you? I'm asking you. I don't think I don't think the Giants are going to be great this Scott year. Scott's also either. a closet Cowboys fan, if y'all didn't know. Well, my dad's a big Cowboys fan, so it's like through a service. Again, Scott is a closet Cowboys fan. The only problem that I have, once again, is that the Giants never beat this team. <laughs> they just haven't beaten them in like five years. They're due. They're due. I think I am going to take the Giants. I think, I'm gonna, I think I'm going to take the three and a half. I have too many question marks with the Cowboys, and I'm not sure if I actually like what they did during the offseason. Their secondary is still not great. Their offensive line is fine. They paid Steele a bunch of money. They paid Martin a bunch of money. But the ground game, Pollard I really like. He's off a serious injury, and their backup running back is arguably Ronald Jones. I'm not a fan of their depth options there. Their secondary could use some work. I just have some questions with this team. You also have a brand-new play caller, which is McCarthy, which is never a good sign. I'm going to lean to the Giants. I think it's going to be an ugly game. I'm going to lean to the under. I think it's correlated, but I do think the Giants should have some success running the ball. Dak, I think I'll make one or two dumb decisions which decide the game. I'm going to lean to the Giants. 
I know, once again, head-to-head, the Cowboys have owned this team. But I am going to lean to the Giants. I think three and a half at home in a night game in the division is a bit of a tough spot for me. I'll take the Giants plus three and a half. Yeah, I mean... They're on the money line. So just three and a half at home. Case. Three and a half at home in a divisional game when divisional dogs are really good, when dogs are really good in week one in general. Like, this is just a disrespectful line. Give me the Giants plus three and a half. Like, we have a... When you talk about the long losing streak that the Giants have, the coaches that have taken up majority of that losing streak were Ben McAdoo, Pat Shermer, and Joe Judge. With the Freddie Kitchen sprinkled in there. Yeah. Uh we're we're not gonna we're not gonna take we're not gonna take the come on now. This is the best coaching staff Daniel Jones has had. He hasn't had the continuity and coaching staff going from year to year like he had this year. We brought back both coordinators. Don't know if we're going to be able to do that next year. We're going to take full advantage this year. I think that defensively, Wink Martindale is going to have these guys ready to go. This is this is it. This is it. This is put up or shut up. You got to go win this game right here. Like I, I don't care everything else. How good last season was. You have you got the Cowboys week one. You got a chance to right the wrongs. You have to do it here. Plus three and a half. Pretty easy. Home dog here. I'm going to take that home dog, divisional dog, especially on Sunday night in the side where it seems everybody's probably taking the Cowboys because they know the streak that they have against this the This is Giants. going to be the ultimate chase game because it's a night standalone game. And if you see a lot of carnage during the course of the afternoon, everyone's going to be trying to get their money back with the Cowboys. And they're all going to lose their money because the Giants are going to win outright. Giants plus three and a half. Giants spank on the money line. There we go. All right. Player prop is so easy. Just give me over whatever you have for Darren Waller. I thought you were going to say Dak interception, and I would have laughed, but I would have potentially co-signed. But... Oh, well, Dak interception? Uh, that, that, that too. Might get a good price <laughs> on that. Uh, you might actually get a good price on that. Oh, he didn't. What? He hasn't thrown many, but like the point is, he he called them. Who hasn't thrown many? What Dak? Yeah, who he hasn't thrown a lot many? of interceptions against against good defenses against the Giants in the past. He's actually been very. Oh, I thought ball. you. Oh, I was about to say he led the league interceptions last year. What you mean he didn't throw? Actually, many? I kind of take it back. He's thrown at least one interception for the last five games against the Giants. You don't I take know what it you're back. talking about. Yeah, yeah my bad. Maybe just because his, his interception line was so for this team. I think it's because his interception line for the season was so low that it like convinced me that he wasn't as turnover prone as I remember him being. But no, he is. So Man, I think minus one hundred five for an interception. Yeah, that's yeah, that's actually probably. It was like twelve and a half, and everyone was roasting him for it. That's a really good prop. All By right, like, so Dak like, interception minus one hundred five on DraftKings. You didn't hear anything I said. I just said that minus one hundred five. Yeah. That's a great price. All right. Like I said, Darren Waller over everything. Four and a half receptions, minus 110. Take the over there. Uh, receiving yards is at 49 and a half, minus 115. Take the over there. What's this touchdown? So I'm, I'm just looking at my own props to find uh, to give out. They put Pollard at a higher rushing plus yard. Plus 190. Than Barkley? Really? Plus Pollard's at 69 and a half, and Barkley's at 67 and a half? It's kind of interesting. When's the last time we've seen Mike McCarthy call plays? It's been a long time. This guy sucks. And it's weird because he hired a new offensive coordinator just so he could call the plays. So I don't know what the isn't that the guy from isn't that the guy from the Jags? 
Yeah, that's the guy that Urban Meyer hired. Say, he's, been for around, the he's been around the block. Yeah, but that's the guy Urban Meyer just hired for the. Oh my gosh! If you guys take the Cowboys, I just don't know what to tell you. All right, here. Let's move on. Lock dog and, and yeah. Mm-hmm. By the way, I think for my prop, I'm looking, I'm looking at Slayton. I like Slayton over thirty-two and a half. Okay. Slayton's always been one of Jones's favorite targets. Let's yeah, let's just do lock and dog, lock and dog, okay. and then we'll make a we'll do the underdog. All right, for my lock, we're going to going back we're going to gonna lock up the Rams plus four and a half. <laughs> yeah, we're going to lock up the Rams plus four and a half. I'm sorry, that's textbook reverse line movement. Like of all of all ways, you could see a textbook reverse line movement. Rams cover, maybe not win. But they definitely get the cover plus four and a half. It's a close game. They covered this game both games last year, and they were a significantly worse team than they are right now. For my dog, give me New England on the money line to knock off and Super Bowl hangover Philadelphia Eagles plus 160. Scott, over to you. All right. Uh, so for my lock on the show, I think I'm just going to trust what I've seen in the past. I'll go with Green Bay. Uh, I'll take the plus one. I don't mind the money line, obviously, but I'll take the plus one. Uh, against the Bears. I, once again, have too many questions about the Bears' overall roster. I know that Rodgers left, and people think Green Bay is going to take a massive step back. I still think the overall roster is not bad. I think you're kind of scared taking a plus one. I'll take I feel the like you should one. just give out the money line. I'm worried yeah. about a tie, and that way I still win. <laughs> no, like I don't okay. give a damn. Give All right, respect. Hey, respect. I can't even. I can't whatever. even argue with that. Respect, because this game could definitely end in a tie. Give so, me Green respect. Bay. Respect. I, Green I, Bay I just plus think one. once again the Bears, <laughs> they're gonna have a good home crowd because the the fans might think they actually might win this game because Rogers isn't there anymore. But I like the roster on Green Bay a lot more than the roster for the Bears. So give me the Packers plus one right now as my lock. And for my dog, I got a bunch of options. Uh, do I really want to give out the Raiders? Uh, do I'm I want to give out the Raiders. Out Raiders. That's nothing. the question. I can go <laughs> Raiders or alt line. You know what? I'll go with the late night game. Give me the Giants money one. All right. I think it's I think it's a good overall price. I know once again Dak's undefeated, and I know that my dad's a Cowboys fan, so indirectly I'm also rooting for the Cowboys. But my dad and I are low on Dallas this year. We think they're going to be fine, but we think they're going to win like ten or nine or ten games. We just have too many questions on the overall team. McCarthy's now play calling. That's dangerous in its own right. Because nobody actually likes McCarthy, but now people pretend he's going to be a solid play caller. Giants at home in a night game. You mentioned the cohesion with the coaching staff. They somehow kept the coordinators. I don't know how they did that. I'll take the Giants. <laughs> because, <one. laughs> because the Cardinals are idiots and hired Jeff the Ga- Gannon. 100%. If you want to give me Giants plus 150, that's a pretty nice line for a home dog on week yeah. one. I'll take the Giants. All right. Underdog. Let's see here. What do we uh, three pick our our usual underdog three pick? If you guys haven't been tapped into the WNBA gambling We've podcast, been so go good to, on the WNBA angle for underdogs. Yeah, so I mean, it. I'm just I'm just trying to tell y'all what you know. History says you should back us, but do what you do what you please. All right, let's see here. What do we want to add for the late games? What do we like? What was our favorite props? Well, I'm going to ask, since you like the Rams receiving core without Cup, are you tempted by Van Jefferson over 41 and a half? He's the number one receiver on the team. 
yeah, it's very, very slightly. Like, so here's what but... here's who I like more of the receivers: Tyler Higby. Okay, I don't think I mentioned that earlier, but I am really. He's big at forty four. Yeah, I'm really big on Tyler Higby this week. It's just the he's wait. I mean, look at it. Last time Stafford was quarterback, he doesn't recognize any of these guys. Like, you know, Van Jefferson, yeah. But Tyler Higby, I feel like he's a safe, reliable option. The Seahawks historically uh, over the past couple of seasons been pretty tough against tight ends. And, uh, you know, I've seen them get torched by tight ends. I think this is a pretty solid game for Higby, who will probably, you know, I mean, it's either Higby, Jefferson, this is where you're talking about Tutu Atwell. Like, he's going to get a deep ball, but he's not going to get a bunch of PPR stuff. Like, I think Higby just gets the volume where he has 45. So I, I want to go higher than Higby, 45 and a half receiving yards. I think that's a good prop. Okay, I'm going to go back to Stafford interception, if you can do same game. Can you do same game on underdog? Yeah, of course you can. They don't have his interception up here, though. Bastards. Okay. They have um, one and a half rushing yards. That you? doesn't help me at all. Uh, do, do, you, do they have any interceptions listed or no? Uh, I don't see anything for Gino. I was going to say, I wouldn't mind Dak interceptions if they have that. I don't see any. Yes, they do. Higher interception. Dak over half it. Higher. Dak I know you're going to co-sign that. So. 0.5 interceptions. 100%. Already put it down there. Uh, let's see here. We need one more prop, Scott. Let's go to... Oh, oh, wait. Waddle receptions. What are we oh, doing? Yeah. Well, where's that at? Let me see. If it's at four and a half, we'll take waddle receptions. Uh, let's see here. That is. Wait. What the heck is going on? Oh, wait. I was on the wrong thing. Okay. Here we go. The great thing about Underdog, you can just type the name in and you can find the player. Waddle. So they have him at five. I figured but they'd have him. Again. Five. Again. When we have done underdog and they have had a higher number than the book, it it's anyone. never affected us. If we yeah, ever were going to lose, we were always going to lose. And if we were ever going to win, we were always going to win. So that's my bonus Waddle. lock on the show, by the way. I'll take the Waddle over four and a half receptions as my bonus yeah. lock. Yeah, I love that. But. Love that play. All right. So here's your underdog contest for week one of the NFL season. Tyler Higby higher 44 and a half receiving yards. Dak Prescott higher than half an interception. And Jalen Waddle higher five receptions. You put a hundred dollars into the contest and you get six times your payout, which is six hundred dollars. Make sure you guys use that promo code SGPN for new customers on underdog fantasy, underdogfantasy.com. Other than that, Scott, anything else for people before we get up out of here? No, week one should be fun. Looking forward to it. Absolutely. We that's it. I mean, we took too long, so we're gonna have to clean this up. But other than that, I thought the cutoff's like 75 minutes. Uh, we still took kind of long. Who we cares? Done it out. What are we they going to do? Done. Find us? No, nobody's going to find us. It's for I'm the saying, listeners. Who cares? Whatever. We're, we're going to get the. We got to get the listeners out of here. Nobody watches a TV show for an hour. They're all just waiting an hour. an hour anyway for the NFL all, season to start. Who cares? All of this for an hour? No, because we're going to get people that are listening to this before. We got to catch people on the commute. We're going to give you this in an the hour. The games are Sunday. You have time. Under an hour next time. Shout out to Matthew Henning. Shout out to A. Scott. Uh, Val's the GOAT. He asked, how will Mahomes and Montgomery do today? I said, very good. <laughs> how good will I had Montgomery is my first touchdown choice. Yeah. So. And so let's go ahead and do it, fellas. Other than that, I have nothing else to say. Nothing else to do. No other way to ending the podcast. Just going to end like this. Fuck the Cowboys. We are out of here.